Namaskaram everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have our lone Hatha Yoga teacher from Kenya, our wonder woman, Chanyaka. <laughs> Namaskaram Akka and welcome to the podcast. Namaskaram. Thank you. Yes, Akka. So thank you for coming to this. So if you, with your permission, we can go directly into the session. And you have to yeah, smile for sure. it. You have to smile for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I live here in Nairobi. I was born and raised here. Um, so I'm ethnically Indian because most people, when they hear I'm from Africa, especially um, any part of East, they just expect you to be black. Oh, so okay. I'm Indian. There's okay. Indian people here as well. And um, yeah, so I spent my whole life here. Nairobi is a beautiful city. Um, I think it's one of the only cities in the world that has a national park in the city. Oh. I mean, there's other beautiful things, but um, yeah, it's nice here. It's cosmopolitan now as well. Um, so I grew up here in a very sheltered life and I have lived in Africa my whole life. I even went to study when I went to university, I went to South Africa and, uh, I don't, have you been to Cape Town? No, I've never been oh, to you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Africa is just a different world. So I was uh, living in Cape Town and I went to the university of Cape Town, um, which is another aspect of Africa, which, um, is so different from the east but again uh beautiful in its own ways so um it was there i feel that the journey of awakening really began uh it was such a sheltered life uh of childhood and it was not until i had left my family home for the first time when i was um after i finished high school when i was 19 that the real world started to open up for me, you know, beyond the comforts that I had grown up around. And um, yeah, and then things were great. I feel Africa's best university is the University of Africa, uh, University of Cape Town. So it was actually a privilege. The campus is beautiful. It's in the mountains. So life was absolutely flowing or so i thought can i ask you one thing were you into studies a lot because you are talking a lot of universities i'm just asking Akka. yeah <laughs> like... so it was my postgrad okay. it was um yeah it was really to understand my intellectual mind mm, yeah that um yeah uh, uh, undergrad and also of course it was a beautiful campus to party okay and to live life and go to concerts um and the sorts um but then at the beginning of 2010, um, everything as I know it in my life changed in a split second when I was involved in a car accident and my sister passed away. And um, I had just turned 20 and she was 21. It was um, one of those tragic incidences that there was nothing wrong. And in the split second, in three seconds, I think, my whole life as I knew it changed forever. It was a very heavy on impact uh, car crash and um, I had never seen a dead body before then. So my sister, the only sibling I had was now um, gone. And that in itself started a wave of change in my life because I think everything until then was so rosy you know, you, my parents have just given us everything we wanted. So this one instant was the awakening of a completely different uh, experience because I don't know if you've heard of PTSD. This is post-traumatic yes. stress. Yeah. Um, so I was diagnosed with uh, PTSD and clinically depressed. And um, it was a very interesting journey with depression because I was so young and I don't even know how I was trying to cope with um, loss in such a, a gr not knowing how to grieve and just being so young. And uh, then it, it just makes you look at the world in a very different way. And um, months of just not doing the bare minimum really to survive. They were definitely the darkest days of my life to the extent where for a certain time, uh, for, for a certain period of time, I had no color vision. I had lost... Okay my sense to see color. I could is only it? see uh, gray. Everything was just is gray. It? Is it? Yeah. So, um, oh, it was so bizarre how things just changed in a split second. And, um, and it made me look more into 
why I was in this consistently depressive state. And um, it brought so much compassion in my life because you really don't understand suffering until it's so deep and you just can't express it. But within you is this weight that is just holding you down. Um, I'm grateful for good friends when I was living in Cape Town and also for such a beautiful city because slowly you start to step out again, you have experiences. Um, I still remember the first time I saw it, the sky was blue again. It was I was just walking home from my campus and all of a sudden there was color in my life again. And it was such a interesting thing to have happened. Um, yeah. And, um, and then I started to study depression because there was just something wrong with me and I just didn't know what, but this was what, 10 years ago when I still think that speaking about, um, PTSD and any kind of traumatic experience was not uh, easy. They were, I think mostly because you just don't have the words. Um, but then I went to do my international relations postgraduate um, degree and I picked up Mandarin because I thought that would be nice for international relations and went to China on an exchange program. Oh, okay. And it was the Chinese inspiration into Buddhism and what we saw there that made me pick up the elective of Buddhism, the Buddhist mind and study the text of the Buddha from a very intellectual perspective, which was the first time that I was finding answers to um, certain experiences within me, which, which I could not find expression for. And it was inside a lecture theater with this wonderful uh, professor that I did meditation for the first time, you know, because your first meditation experience, you just really have no idea what you're getting yourself into. But there you go, just following the instructions. And um, it, was, it was really interesting what the Buddha had to offer because what he says is that um, there is a stop to suffering. And I was stuck on the suffering part so much. And I had tried various things from partying to even just experimenting with psychedelics, which really can significantly change your perception if they're done in a, um, in, in a sense of an offering way with a lot of respect because they're very powerful substances. Um, but the bottom line was that this was making sense. And all it took was the awareness of my breath and, and what, what now in hindsight, when I reflect, I know what was happening then was that I had become so regressive. Depression makes you live in the past a lot and you're stuck there. And with meditation, I was slowly able to bring myself more and more present. So that awareness started to change a lot around me. Um, I, I still think it was divine intervention, which brought this experience into my life because it truly transformed how I was able to be within myself for the very first time. I think I was 22 years old when this was happening. And um, then I finished my education, moved back to Kenya after five years. So it was quite a shock to have changed so much and then move cities again. But um, I just wasn't settled within myself. So I had a job which I quit and I packed my bag and I went backpacking around South America for a few months. So talk about it, Dekka. Uh, More details about the backpacking. Yes, yeah, so, so a lot of my students ask about my backpacking as well. Um, basically, I didn't know much about South America, but there was a deep calling within me um, to go to the Amazon jungle. Oh. The Amazon jungle, is it was just fascinating me. And all I used to hear was about the uh, big fat... Um, snakes and pythons and cobras and all these things but there was just something that was drawing me there and um i had just learned the practice of vipassana i had gone into a 10-day meditation retreat and that was my first time in silence and it was really powerful because i had all this intellectual backing i had studied the text of the buddha from a very intellectual perspective in university but that experience part was missing so to be able to translate the theory into practice was a game changer. And I think that was the beginning now of a deep awakening of turning inward because silence says so much if you know how to listen. So the art of listening had started to awaken. And um, I went to serve when I, so I went to Brazil 
and then I went to Argentina and then I went to Peru and I thought I would go for two months and I told my mother I'm going for two months and she said you don't know anybody there okay. and I wanted to go on my on my own I just thought it was something I needed to do for myself so you know to be a girl and on your own but somehow I'm also not sure I call it divine intervention once again they let me go oh, okay. and um, I went to um, I was I remember I was volunteering um, at a Vipassana retreat and I don't know what I thought, but over there, nobody speaks English. They speak Portuguese. Okay. And so I was serving at a retreat and it was all in Portuguese and everybody's in silence. Uh, it was such an interesting experience to try and communicate when you cannot speak the language, but um, just sitting within the space, the meditation hall. Uh, have you done Vipassana? No, no, Akka. So I okay. wanted to talk a little bit about it, yeah. Yeah, so it's a 10 day. For the very first time, you would go for 10 days. And Vipassana is a technique of meditation that is the Buddha, Gautama Siddhartha, Siddhartha Gautama's gift to mankind, which is the technique of meditation called Vipassana. And um, you go through this process, but it's like almost like a very deep uh, operation of sorts. So the first four days are simply preparation. And that it's only on the fourth day you're initiated into the practice of Vipassana. And then you spend six more days awakening this practice. So you're sitting, you're meditating for eight to 10 hours a day. You're having two meals a day. And um, it's a lot of sitting. You're really, you're sitting a lot. So um, what it does to break your body and mind, it's, it's really phenomenal. It's a slow process, but it's very deep work. And I remember that serving at this Vipassana retreat in Brazil, after the initiation takes place and pe people start to get really focused because you're simply it's awareness and your mind. So you're only sitting here, but profound things are happening inside people. And, the, and literally the room started to get bigger and bigger and it was just holding so much more. And I could not again describe this, but intuitively I knew that this was a very powerful experience that was happening through Vipassana. And more and more experiences like this followed in my travels of uh, connecting to spiritual essence. South America, in my experience, is where I found so much spiritual inclination. The way they live connected to the spirit, to the land. Um, it, it was just such a beautiful exploration. So all of this was like school of life where you go and you live and then intuitively you learn. You know, as opposed to read a book and understand everything, but have never seen what the essence is holding. And so through Brazil to Argentina, I finally got to the Amazon jungle in Peru. And to date, it is still my favorite place in the whole world. It is so, so <clears throat> divine. It, it, it's just such an amazing space. It's endless and I was living in the jungle for 10 days and um, when you see the sky you just can't even see the clouds or anything because the trees are so tall and immediately was the best oxygen I was ever breathing in my life um, but spending time in the jungle gave me so much introspection that I literally came out a different person uh, there are certain plant medicines um, in, which are very sacred to the cultures of North uh, Native America and working with plant medicine, understanding how to heal your body uh, physically, emotionally, mentally uh, and spiritually was so, so important. It was so important because you don't realize that so by this time, I didn't realize, but all I was leaning on towards was more and more yogic ways of being. Um, and then I met yoga in the sacred valley of Cusco after I left the Amazon jungle. And that's when the exploration began. And it was never yoga about, I want to be able to do these fancy postures and take amazing pictures for Instagram. Because when I started to look at yoga on social media, it was, uh, it was beautiful, but it only captured physical ability and your ability to bend and to be able to look beautiful but uh, maybe you're not comfortable 
it was really because there was some form of energy experience that was happening and it was an exploration of okay i know like this happened but how do you sustain it how do you sustain it and um it it was it was four months of my life uh i experienced freedom like nothing else uh and at the end of the four months i feel that i had found peace within myself in such a way that uh the clinical depression that i suffered for from finally received answers of healing and a lot it all started with vipassana understanding meditation building energy and working in the amazon jungle with uh plant medicine so um my life had now really taken a uh, 180 degree because after uh how many that five years uh after my accident i i it would i would say it took five years five years of my life for me to arrive at a certain peace within me uh and to explore the concept of death because when somebody really close to you dies you start to look at life differently and i still remember that was the first time the question who am i and what am i doing here really came uh because the suffering it's unfortunate that suffering can bring you so much um immediate need for urgent action so um i came back to kenya after my backpacking trip and almost immediately um sadguru was making a tour to uh ken africa for the first time for international day of yoga which is tomorrow uh so he was here on an african tour he was going to be in south africa kenya and uganda and when i heard he was coming to town i just had a very very strong sense that i need to meet this guy i didn't know who he was i had watched one video on youtube and i was like oh cuz you know here in africa we don't we know gurus they don't really like ring well with us we're like what do you want from me you know i don't know you're just around a um unfortunately because of some some reputations all get shattered but i just knew there was something that needed to happen here and i volunteered and it was the first in conversation ever so um just understanding that the topic of the conversation had to do with an expression of the divine feminine and this was such an op- like this um this topic was so apt for what i felt my life was needing so when he was answering the very question i was asking within myself at that point uh after traveling the world on my own well south america uh meeting him was just truly one of the most important days of my life important now because after we finished the in conversation he first of all had people grip from the moment he was talking here in africa things happen at ten african time but the sadguru in conversation happened on time oh, okay. and the way he ta- took answered every question he just gripped everyone's attention completely and um then he was um mingling around with the others and then he just met with the volunteers just the volunteers at the end and uh i was just waiting he gets on stage i'm going to look for the closest seat next to him because i just want to be around whatever is happening here not really understanding it and uh then he came into the hall and he simply sat down on the stairs right next to me oh okay and there was this um you know at the at that time not understanding what is happening but um i got i got the opportunity to ask him a question and just be with him and something happened and immediately after that it was a brief it must have been a 5 7 minute conversation but it was impactful enough to know that there's something here and um the first ever inner engineering program happened here uh immediately after his tour and oh my god was that an explosion so that was it so inner engineering then had me it's such an interesting initiation huh i don't think i knew the meaning of initiation till you go through something like inner engineering and um it's so clever the design is just impeccable and how it speaks across uh continents and people that everyone can relate to this it's it's really special and um the initiation of shambhavi was so big for me that i remember going to my teacher with tears because i'm like i don't i know again what has happened to me but this is amazing 
Um, and it was, a, it was that feeling of freedom, which I had found exploring on my own in South America. And that was something I just cherished so much. So to have found that again, and this time there was a way to keep it. Uh, I wanted to do the Hatha Yoga teacher training immediately because I was like, I, I had never been to an ashram. Most people think if you're going to an ashram, you want to shave your head, put on brahmachari clothes and start the path of the ultimate. But I, I just wanted to know more. So the seeking had now real fire. And I shared this with some other friends, but he was really the epitome of when the student is ready, the master did appear. And then all this intense fire just had to find expression. And I missed the 20, 2016 um, teacher training batch because the application were already closed. And I waited a whole year. And that year was just about putting everything else in my life aside and preparing to take six months off because I just knew how important it was to invest in my personal well-being. Because if, if a few things that an impact of something as traumatic as death does to you is that it reminds you that you are so mortal. And it's one thing to say it, but it's, that, it's another thing to really internalize it that this mortal nature will find an end. That you're not going to do things, you're, you're not going to spend your time doing things you don't want to do. You're only going to do things you want to do and need to do. Um, so back to that, I knew that the ashram was the only place to go. But my mother was not sure where she was going to send me for six months. Okay. And so we came for Adi Yogi consecration. And 10,000 people the first time at the ashram. My goodness, it was really like nothing we had seen before. And I mean, we had traveled to parts of um, the UK and East Asia and stuff. But there's nothing like ashram anywhere else in the world. So... To have that um, dive of consecration changed how I was looking at my whole life. And then Hatha Yoga teacher training. I don't know if I see you, Vaisu. Yeah, you? I, I'm there. I can hear you. Let okay. it go. If the audio is clear, that's why I didn't stop you. Okay. The audio is okay. still going on. Um, and I think you've spoken to some of my beautiful teacher friends who I did the training with and who are they? Which teachers? Are, like the same, I was same in the batch? 2017 batch. Okay. So you spoke to Tuhina oh. and you spoke to Deepti. Yeah. Savananna was actually uh, not in my year, but he was, I remember him. He was one of the um, teachers who oh, used yeah. to check our practice oh, okay, okay. still with the school. At the time, I think he was in his final year or something. Yeah. So please. Or no, probably not his final. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, and then uh, the training happens and you understand that the whole point of yoga is just so, so much beyond the physical aspect of it that finally I had arrived at exploring something which you can only know by experience and the experience is so big um that you're just you're left knowing that you are living in grace and and then i felt that that experience was the beginning of my life because um, it's such a defining point once again that how i change as a person because awareness and just being more aware in any aspect of your life, how it will draw you to have so much deeper experience. Um, and then now I live back in Kenya oh. last year, not realizing it. We did our Samyama program together. And, um, who, and then who everything. Did, who did with you? Yeah. You. Oh, you is it? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, yes. So after I finished my teacher training, I came back and um, I had this wonderful opportunity to uh, go and volunteer with the Sadhguru School in Uganda. And it's the only school of its kind here. Uh, it's taken from the Isha, Isha Vidya model okay. um, of rural, educating rural um, India that it's happening here in rural Uganda. And it's an absolutely stunning space. And the team is so dedicated on the ground. So um, we have a small but a very um, involved 
Isha community here. And when I came back, uh, not many people here were aware of Sadhguru. Uh, mind you, this is back three years ago. And I think in terms of social media, things have changed so much since. But um, it, was, it was something that people found interesting and people's minds were changing about how they were thinking about yoga and more and more people wanted to try it out just because there was something there that was calling them. And um, so with the end of my training was truly the beginning of the birth of my uh, classical Hatta yoga expression through the Leela yoga lifestyle. Because what my time at the ashram, amongst all the many things it taught me was that you have to change your lifestyle and only then will your life change. Your priority lift has to shift. It needs to um, have few things, but those things that are few in number, but deep impact, you know? So um, I started teaching and it's been the most rewarding way to live my life. There's still so much awareness that we need to create about what uh, classical yoga, classical style of yoga is and how Isha offers um, yoga in a specific way and it's not only about the physical aspect which I think all Isha Yoga teachers try to say in so many different ways but connecting to the union of your mind and body and um, energy system is that's it that's that's really all it takes um, and yes, so I have this lifestyle brand, which brings me lots of joy and opportunities. And I get to meet so many interesting and different kinds of people. Um, and we have a teacher in Cairo. So we had a few teachers go to Cairo and we also taught there. And to see how everybody, if you're receptive, just um, coming in touch with, you know, um, as we try to offer yoga in its purest form, uh, a seed, it's just about planting seeds. And then once they water, it's amazing to see how they blossom. And of course, Samyama shows you that efforts living is a true possibility that it can really happen. And um, it's a whole science. And I continue to explore. I feel that and there's just it's so big and there's just so much to do so um it's a very interesting time in my life to speak to you because i feel life is comes in phases and um life with isha's classical yoga teacher uh is it's truly been the best awakening i've had and now we see where we, where it takes me it actually also last year brought me to to um we had this awards and um they were just appreciating young entrepreneurs and yoga started to find a certain space within our um within our asian community here and um to see yoga and classical style of yoga win me the award of uh, entrepreneur of the year uh, you want like that? wow, you want people that? are starting to pay attention. Sorry, you you won the Entrepreneur of the Year award. Yes, for my yoga brand. Oh, okay. Because classical yoga is um, it's a very very unique approach to um, what we have here based here, and to be the only teacher, uh, and through of course living in grace, the kind of awareness which is starting to develop. It's brought such wonderful opportunities. Uh, but the work continues. Uh, we're in age of uh, Zoom calls. So <laughs> let's see. Um, like Sadhguru says, yoga is one of the only things that has, uh, without any effort, survived through generations and remained relevant. So there's obviously something to it. Um, but I'm in a place in my journey now where we see where, where this goes. Uh, the tools of transformation are there and I get to see them in action and practice in me. And it's nice that it's also happening to those around me now. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> so okay, like I how? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so how was it like? I want to ask something like how was it like taking your first yoga class like from uh, from your after like, the training? Yeah, how after the training? Oh wow! It was uh, it was one of the most exciting but scary and thrilling but anxious really uh, experience of my life because the training happens in such a way that they prepare you so well but you always tend to put this pressure on yourself that i want to you know do this absolutely perfectly um but then you sit there on the dais and um you just remember this one thing to put yourself aside so that something else can happen and through you which is so much bigger than you and um and then i remember there was a bit of a blur so there's all this excitement and then before it happens you're like really anxious and then once you get into the teaching it's just flowing through you so um it's such a blessing it's such a blessing to have access to these tools and the ability to share them um yeah in a very classical form so how did you come up with this name leela and why why did you name that your brand okay so i was very clear that it had to be a lifestyle brand because um i have have got it already oh so there aspect of you're there or you're there accustive hello can you hear me i don't know Okay, part two of the podcast because of technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> so, Akka, can you tell about why you named your brand Leela Yoga Lifestyle? Um, it's like that, right? Leela Yoga Lifestyle. Yeah. So, um, the essence of Leela really spoke to me. Um, uh, it was. It started with the training when I was the train in the very early days. um because i was really outside my comfort zone when you come from a very different kind of environment and then you're poured into just uh, another container altogether um one of my favorite human beings and teachers said that treat this like a game and um just play just play the game and the more i stopped taking myself so seriously and i'm just getting involved and playing a certain amount of intensity started something and um it was that path of playfulness which has helped me arrive here through things that have happened in my life the ups and downs have been i think in extremes but um now here was this path um that really spoke to me and i just wanted to share this experience because i also learned that if you really want to um reinvent yourself you have to change your lifestyle because it's not only one aspect of your life that will change and then things will uh turn around for you no holistically so it's the yoga is an important aspect but then so is your diet and then so is the books you want to read the content you want to consume um in all whatever form it may be so uh it was that which also made me realize that this is a lifestyle brand and um I'm I'm really into trying to maintain a pure seed and keep things traditional because the the essence of yoga is a very very classical approach and hence all of it coming together was the lila yoga lifestyle a classical approach to a uh, yoga lifestyle yeah and the yoga journey is more than the physical you know there's the things you want to own and um how consciously are you doing that too so any kind of alternative which is moving towards a more conscious means of living was a life was becoming a lifestyle and then uh the journey continues like i said it's now my third year and uh, oh it's been it's been phenomenal the kinds of opportunities which have come so um yeah that's that's the the backline and also the logo it's just the desire and the dream is to reach a state of consciousness which is really evolved and and then the way the journey the playfully which takes us there yeah awesome.
<laughs> so okay, like before lockdown, like how many classes would you take per month, or how do you? Okay, like, so I was teaching quite regularly. So um, people here are still new to workshop style of yoga. They usually used to going to a class, attending sessions weekly or something. So I still have to, you know, educate people on you come to learn a complete practice over a certain period of sessions, and then you do it on your own. Um, I was teaching maybe two or three workshops a month. It depended on um, which practice was being offered. So in January we had Angamardana and Surya Kriya, and Surya Kriya uh, and Buddha Shuddhi. Sorry, um, and then um, now the there's also an interest of Isha's style of yoga because I'm the only teacher okay. to be outside of Nairobi city. Okay. So I had the privilege of going to um, Mombasa, which is a city by our coast. Uh, to teach there for one week and it was phenomenal how it was received there um, and then I we also I've also attended a yoga retreat and taught as a teacher on a yoga retreat with other teachers but the classical uh, Isha style of yoga so um, I teach maybe two three times a month in workshops and then privately I work with a few um, students based on you know what their needs are yeah so I always wanted to know, how does a Hatha Yoga teacher maintain this sadhana in between all these classes? It's something that <laughs> intrigues me. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's... <laughs> I think the standard you set for, you get to set for yourself is so high um, that it begins with measuring yourself on some level and already it's, it's a real pedestal you want to stay on. So... Um, just taking it one day at a time and recognizing that your environment is so powerful and sometimes as much as you want to do sadhana there are just so many limitations to like how you would do sadhana in the ashram and accepting those days as um i'm trying to be as conscious as i can but today things are not working and i'm just gonna be with it um initially it was so easy it just used to happen and then more and more things pile on and then some days it's not so seamlessly easy uh, the point is just the consistency to stay consistent and when on days that you fall off it's okay those are the days you feel i feel especially if i've missed my sadhana day which happens um i just know oh i know i'm missing something you know as if i haven't had my dessert today or there's, a, there's something you know, you're aware. And the process is alive within you and still benefits of the yoga I have intensely done over a small period of time for six months. I'm still enjoying the benefits of that because like some things change and then they change forever. So I know I'm just better off than I started and that just keeps me going. So now I want to go back into a conversation when you talked about, you know, you, you were going through PTSD, post-traumatic stress, yeah. you're going through depression. Right now, like one of our famous actors, he committed suicide. Yeah. So, this, so you and I have gone through depression, but what is it on a day-to-day -day basis that, you know, you made you to take the next step? Like maybe someone out there is going through this. So what did you do at that time? You know, sometimes it might be very hard to get to the next day. So what, how was it like that for you? And if, if not, it's fine. But what, what was it like a day for you? That's what I want to know. So that someone who might be going through the same thing might be able to relate. You're, you're taking me back in time mm -hmm. now. Um, I, I honestly was, I found myself doing the bare minimum, you know, which is, which is so unfortunate. But I just couldn't bring myself to get out of bed some days. And I just didn't want to talk to anybody. Um, it, was, it was just so dark everything was just so dark and and I just kept feeling that there was this pain and it just wasn't going away and this innate acute suffering but the suffering just had to do with there were questions I was just looking for some kind of explanation some answer I don't even really know what the question was but I was looking for answers and there was nothing that seemed around me to just make sense and um what what really helped i think just getting out i think the moment i had the courage to just step out that because depression can make you so depressive you don't even leave you get you make a little cocoon 
and then you just want to stick in it and just getting out was the beginning that just step out and put yourself out again and again in different ways and then meditation maybe i'm more introverted in nature now as i have grown up i think i used to be an extrovert when i was younger but now i want more less talking more silence and meditation helped to untangle so many of my um tangled up thoughts and emotional imbalances you know and i think it's really important to talk you have to find a way to express yourself and you know everyone should have that one person and it doesn't need to be your best friend sometimes it just needs to be some a confidant um where you can really non-judgmentally pour all your um emotional um release out to and there are people who listen and anybody who listens also benefits so you know it's it's such a beautiful two way transaction to share so vulnerably with people so um and trust in divine intervention i don't know if it sounds like a bit like um craw i don't know what the word is but divine intervention is so real and connecting to that somehow uh things just just turned things just turned for the better ah and again vipassana taught me impermanence okay. what that is that again apps, imperm- impermanence the concept of anicca okay. that constantly we are changing everything is changing so to stay with the realization that if times are bad it will change it has to change and when times are good that too will change oh no that completely living in the awareness of the impermanent nature of any experience of life feeling or thing or whatever it may be um just experientially understanding that so why i asked this question is now that you know you are from there till here you're doing all these yogic practices on a daily yeah. basis so do these things again pop up or like it's gone altogether no i feel like i can't recognize that person okay uh the interesting thing is maybe i can see from a distance that there was a person like this but the the evolution has been such a such a exponential scales that now i feel i can look back a year from year ago and say wow that person has uh, was not is not me anymore so i'm very aware that through sadhana acceleration of life that catching this fast train or whatever you know getting on the bus it's really happening so constantly being aware that yes that this person was once there and completely does not define who i am and that's why it resonates so much with how sadguru talks about reinventing yourself uh there's also this wonderful um jewish author called yoa um uh yuval noah harari have you heard of the book sapiens yes i've heard of it i haven't read it yeah so the author of that he just yeah. talks also he spends 3 4 months a year doing vipassana Oh or is it 2 months yeah you're yeah and he's an avid meditator and he's also in touch with the impermanent nature of life and he goes that at the times we're living in now require more emotional intelligence as opposed to iq and the eq quotient needs to start to spend more time being um cultivated and through that single experience of um emotional intelligence you're able to reinvent yourself and be relevant with the times because every time you resist change you start to also become depressive because there's this uh this flux you're stuck in a in a limbo you're not flowing and moving so reinventing yourself and the ability to just remind to live in the moment of inhale and exhale and inhale and exhale and one day it's going to live with the fact that your motor nature is uh, very very much the core of this experience yeah have you read the book death yes yes i've read it yes it it was really really one of the most beautiful gifts of the year because this year was the 10th death anniversary of my sister 
Uh, and this happened in January and the book came out for Mahashivratri in February. And I am so lucky I had it just within a week or so after Mahashivratri. So, um, wow, the concept and the exploration of it. Um, all of it, you know, it's, it's too brief, this uh, human experience we're having. So um, if you just keep yourself around the right people, also that can help. Yeah. There's so many positive things, really. I know it's hard to see them, but maybe just faith even, you know, just know that collectively uh, we are moving. We're moving to better things. So this is something I want to ask. Like you talked about Amazon, right? So how, how does one person get there and stay there? I thought it's a forest. We can't stay there. Like how? Okay, so... <laughs> So the forest is huge okay. and it spreads across countries as well. Okay. But um, how you get there, you literally, I was backpacking. So okay. I was literally living one day at a time. I didn't even know where I would be sleeping the next night at oh. times. Okay. I would get to the airport and not even know where I was going. I would just look at where are the flights going and oh. then pick a location uh -huh. and just get on a flight because everything I had was on my back. And I had no agenda. I was simply going through uh, backpacking. So talking to people um, may, and my own personal research, uh, you identify what uh, airports are around, which major cities, what is the transport networks and um, getting to the Amazon, there's so many ways to do it. So it's not difficult anymore. The backpacking culture is one of the most evolved in South America. So many mature backpackers from around the world spend time moving through South America. Uh, so there's so many hostels and backpackers. Um, and then there are like malokas and basically small camps of sorts uh, within the Amazon jungle, which has now started to come around. So you can go and stay like that. Um, work with uh, shamans or people living natively still within the jungle. It's just like nothing I had seen before, really. Awesome, Anka. So how can the viewers, you know, listeners reach out to you? Do you have a website or Instagram? Like? Yeah, so um, my uh, website is under construction right now okay. uh, because I really wanted to capture the essence of what classical uh, Lila and lifestyle will bring, um, but on Instagram, just uh, Lila lifestyle, Lila yoga lifestyle, um, yeah, is my handle. Great, okay, I link it in the description. So, anything last that you'd like to leave the you know listeners, someone who wants to take teacher training or do a program or anything, just like that. Um, <laughs> the only thing that calls to me now that you're asking me is that. Uh, it's so important to connect your intuition and just let your intuition guide you. Uh, that has been the single most prevalent force that has guided my life in so many ways. Now when I can look back and backtrack and see, oh, how these dots are connecting to each other to bring me where I am. And um, that even against your logical mind, if something is guiding you, Follow it. Just follow an intuitive call and see where it takes you. Great, great, Akka. So yeah. thank you so much. I have much. a question yeah. for you, Vaisu. Oh, me, me. Finally, I get a question on my podcast. Yes. Please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, what is it like for you to connect with all these different people and hear all these different stories about how in such different ways and through such different experiences, we have somehow all arrived along the same path and we're all experiencing it in the same way but it's i mean in different ways but it's the same thing so how how is it for you to for i'm like in africa i you, I, you spoke to people in the u.s or in um india different parts of india and you continue to cover the world as you're going so <laughs> please share <laughs> <laughs> it is like initially I simply started it like uh, uh, like I used to take sharings from you know meditators so like I always say they would say I would also say like this is we need to you know promote Isha promote inner engineering and then they would say I'm feeling happy I'm feeling like this super 
this has transformed my life and then suddenly when i you know switch off the camera they're like i'm struggling with my practices a lot of things are happening you know things that had settled when i done the program i'm still doing the sadhana still it's not happening so that's when something hit me like okay this there is something more to this like like even though they are struggling they are willing to share about it it's not easy like i'm just a stranger but they are willing to share and when i look back on my own journey something that led me to spirituality was i had read this book Auto- autobiography of a yogi oh yes game changer yeah yeah so in that yogananda paramsa doesn't say okay this gave me this this gave me that he mostly talks about his struggles of finding a guru like even finding a guru trying to leave him and go so that was the one book that you know genuinely connected with me and i could see that these meditators were just like him like all of them were like you know going through the same things so then i thought i need to capture that like because that was something that touched me like more than you know promoting isha or inner engineering i want that to you know come out because i felt that would connect like someone who is genuine it's very less to find out in the world like till i had come to isha like everyone would put out what is best in their life they were never willing to yeah. show like 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 okay you just easily shared about your depression and post traumatic stress people don't share like that people are like nothing happened no one knows about that they are very yeah so of course because it's so you become so vulnerable and you're always trying to protect something you know then once you become aware of what am i protecting and then there's really nothing there you drop a veil yeah. of percep- uh, personification yeah um wow okay um well thank you for connecting us in in such an interesting and authentic way uh and all the content you create <laughs> <laughs> thank you akka <laughs> yes so i'll definitely put all of this in the description so now i'll stop the okay. recording and then i'll ask you for something that i need <laughs> okay. okay awesome guys hope you loved the podcast so do reach out to chanyaka on our instagram handle which i have linked to in the description below also there are some few rare pics which akka has put in a google drive that also is there in the description you can click on it to check some of the backpacking pictures of chanyi akka so do reach out to her don't forget that and also it would really mean the mean a lot to me if you could you know leave a five star rating and leave a written review it might take an extra minute or two but it would mean the world to me this feature is already available in the apple podcast so those of you with an iphone please help me out and uh, i also notice that a lot of you are listening to the podcast but not following the channel so do follow it on spotify anchor google podcast wherever it is so guys take care more awesome podcast coming namaskaram